Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we check in with Bob Irving, voice of the Bombers, on day five at training camp. They got to wear pads today. Hooray, intensity. We'll also hear from the president and CEO of the club, Wade Miller, on the 100% capacity allowed at their home opener in all games this season. Awesome stuff. That's all coming up on the podcast. Training camp day five for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers today, and they got to strap on the pads for the first time. And Bob Irving was there to witness it all. Bob, was it an intense day, at least more so than the first four days today? More so than the first four, uh, Christian, for sure. The uh, one-on-ones, or the team periods as we call them, didn't last very long. Uh, They had a few running plays, I don't know, maybe 8 or 10 or 12, I I lost track. But, you know, the offensive line took on the defensive line, and they crashed together, and Brady Oliveira took some runs off tackling up the middle. Kyle Borsa, the rookie Canadian running back, got clobbered a couple of times, once by Teadric Hansen, who came off the edge and tackled him from behind. It was an impressive move by uh, Teadric Hansen. So it was good. And then we, we saw a little bit of the one-on-ones with the D linemen against the offensive linemen. Uh, they held out Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat from a lot of that. Uh, they let the young guys kind of show what they could do. And, uh, yeah, there was some good, there's some good-looking defensive linemen in here. Casey Sales is a big defensive tackle, 300 pounds. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. But, yeah, it was a different day, more intense because of the hitting. It lasted, uh, gosh, almost three hours. And the last half hour, 40 minutes, was just basically a walkthrough after the, the, the hitting and more of the, the contact and the aggressive work. But, uh, yeah, I think it was a good day. And nobody got hurt that I could see. They did have one guy limping and did not practicing, and that's Cam Meredith, a highly regarded receiver. He was not in action today. Of course, Andrew Harris is out. He had his leg uh, in a kind of a long stocking type apparatus suggesting that he may have a you know a bit of a leg issue but he was on the field uh, helping out and everything else so it was yeah it was good and that's the thing we got to remember is that th- this training camp is very much more important for the younger guys than it is for the veterans who have done so many training camps and it's important to be in shape but at the same time in terms of the installation of ideas and whatnot the it's okay that Willie Jefferson, Jackson Jeffcoat, Andrew Harris, and whatnot aren't maybe going as hard as the others to start the camp. Well, sure, yeah. Jake Thomas is another one. Steve Richardson, who played so well at defensive tackle last year, they'll get their work. But the coaches need to find out about the other guys, right? And that's they're not going to have the preseason game or preseason games to do it. So they'll have to look at these players in a lot of drills. I would expect that in the next few days, sometime before or on the weekend there's going to be some players let go because as i said the other night christian you know this they film everything and look at it uh, you know with a fine tooth comb with a microscope and they can tell things through the film that they don't see on the field immediately and i think some of these guys probably weed themselves out in the next few days there's just too many guys there 99 is too many uh you know you want to give everybody a, a fair shake but the ones who obviously are clearly don't clearly don't fit I think they'll be moved along before the week is out. So did anyone stand out to you today? Well, starting on the corner where there's an open spot was uh, Javante Dean. He played at the University of Miami, and he's obviously showed enough in the early stages to line up with the number one defense. Also with them was Josh Johnson, the free agent, the 30-year-old free agent they signed uh, to replaced Marcus Sales at halfback, so he started with uh, the defense from last year. 
Uh, and Javante Dean has obviously impressed the coaches to step in there and, you know, be on that first-team defense, at least for now. Uh, Dietrich Nichols, a defensive back from South Florida, I thought had a pretty good day. They've got, you know, 27 DBs here and a bunch of receivers, and they all look like they can run well and have good speed and everything else. Uh, kick returners, Janarian Grant looks great. We all know what he can do. He had three kick returns for touchdowns last year, two of them in one game. Um, Quadri Henderson from the University of Pittsburgh is a kick returner and receiver who, you know, ran back some kicks today and showed some flashes. And a receiver named Devon Grayson from East Carolina has, has looked good all through camp. He always seems to be catching the ball and, you know, running good routes. So those are some of the ones beyond the vets. I mean, the vets all look good, Christian. They, they just look really good. Uh, so we never talk about them much when we're sort of assessing what's going on in this camp because uh, there's going to be 12 guys starting on offense when the season begins who started the Grey Cup game. That's my guess anyway. And maybe Rashid Bailey will be challenged at receiver by one of the newcomers. And then on defense, you're going to have nine or ten. Uh, with guys like Theodric Hansen and Jonathan Kong, both they're not starting, they'll be rotating in there. So the teams are going to look very much the same. Uh, there'll be a few spots up for grabs, those two in the secondary, and maybe somebody beats somebody out along the line here, and then you'll have you know, the reserves, the backup Canadians, the guys on the taxi squad on the practice roster. So uh, that's the way it's going to shake down. And I said to you the other night to be around probably close to 60 players here when uh, the final roster is declared the first week of August. So what's the plan for the rest of the week, do you know? Yeah, they're going to practice uh, three or four hours every day starting at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, and uh, there won't be any padded practices. They're only allowed one padded practice a week, but I think we'll see more of the the one-on-one receiving drills, and a lot of it will be the the same stuff you see every day in practice. They, They go through schemes and coverages and special teams and just teaching the players what they're supposed to do in whatever unit they're playing in and where they're supposed to go, what their reads are, what their keys are. And that's another way they separate, obviously, the the ones who'll stay and the ones who won't. If you can't learn and show the coaches that you know where you should be and how you who you should be covering or whatever, if you show that early on, it doesn't matter how much athletic ability you have, you won't be here much longer. And they're going to go right through the weekend. I expect somewhere along the line, Coach O'Shea will give them a, a day off, a day where they don't practice, but uh, they're going to go eight in a row by the looks of things. They're going to go all the way Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, that's another thing to remember is that they're all good athletes, right? You get into a CFL training camp, you get the invite. That means you're probably a good athlete. It's just a matter of picking up on a lot of the nuances, especially for the young Americans, of the Canadian game, and perhaps the quicker you pick it up, the better chance you have of of at least getting a, a shot here, right? Yeah, no question. There's 99 guys here, and there's maybe one or two, and I won't say their names, who uh, we spotted watching today who clearly aren't ready for prime time, uh, primarily because they're just not physically in shape, and you can see that, but there, there's only a couple. Uh, the rest of them came here ready to roll and ready to challenge for work, and uh, they're giving it their best shot, but if they can run fast and jump high, but don't know what they're supposed to be doing on each play. It doesn't matter about how fast you can run or how high you can jump. How exciting is it going to be for you to be doing the pregame show August 5th, and there's so many people filing into IG Field today, the news that 100% capacity will be allowed for fully vaccinated fans. 
just a, a, a it's going to feel pretty close to the last game you would have called at IG Field all, all the way back in 2019. You know, I think it's going to be pretty emotional, Christian, just to kind of be back there and see the the joy of the fans walking in. I always loved, we did our pregame show, as you know, from out in the tailgate area and sometimes in the concourse in the south end. And one of the cool things about being at a game is seeing the people milling around, the excitement, of the, you know, the young, the kids, the excitement on their faces and you know, the the clothes they wear, the bomber jerseys and everything else, that's just a neat part of the whole milieu of being at an athletic event like this. So that's going to be really cool. I can't wait for it. And I'm curious to hear what Wade Miller says at 7.05 about how many people they might be able to put it. Well, clearly they, they're, they've been told they can fill it up, but will they have that many fully vaccinated people who – you don't want to go to the football game. That's going to be really intriguing to see. But uh, Wade, I'm sure we'll have more to say about that. Yeah, so the good plug for the 705 appearance for Wade <laughs> Miller coming up. Uh, before I uh, let you go, you're a big golf fan. The Open Championship, the British yeah. Open, whatever you want to call it, starts tomorrow. Yeah. Where does this tournament rank in terms of the, the golf tournaments you like to watch? Well, I love it. It's right up near the top. The Masters is probably number one for me, but I love this tournament for two reasons. It's such a unique form of golf. They play Lynx golf over there, and it's at Royal St. George's this year. It's just a different game, and you have to play it differently. And it took Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. It took forever to figure it out, and he finally did, and he won the British Open. Uh, and then I like the the timing of it, Christian. It's, I think the first tee times are at uh, about 2 a.m. our time tomorrow morning. Maybe even early, maybe one thirty. Are you going to get up and watch it? No, not that early, but I'll get okay. up early. And, you know, they'll probably have some guys that finished already with uh, the leaderboard and all the rest of it. And you can get out of bed at 6 or 6.30 in the morning and be right in the middle of the first round. And I love that aspect of the British Open with the, with the time difference. But it's a special tournament, you know, that's the home of golf over there. They proudly tell everybody and have forever. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's one that uh, really gets me going. The first uh, threesome, Bob, he's mm-hmm. off at 12.35 a.m. Central. Yeah, there you go. Maybe I'll stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a pick for a winner? Uh, well, you know, picking a winner in golf is I what, 152 guys. Yeah, it's impossible, I know. Yeah, it really is. Um, who's in good form? I know the, the betters like Spieth a lot uh, because his game has been really good for the last few months. I know Kepka's record in the majors, you can't overlook him. But then Justin Thomas, you can rat John Rahm, you can rattle off all these guys. You know, they all should have a chance. Roy McIlroy hasn't won a big tournament for a long time. Maybe he's due now. Who knows? Uh, it'll just be fun to watch. And, of course, the uh, the big hitter, Bryson DeChambeau, you know, what's Bryson going to do? Everybody's curious about that. I am. If you're a golf fan, whether you like him or not, you're curious about what he's going to do. <laughs> and how he plays those links courses. So, yeah, it'll be fun to watch the whole thing. Absolutely, Bob. Appreciate your time as always, and we'll uh, check in with you on Friday. All right, Christian. Big news today for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the latest health orders from the province of Manitoba. Up to 100% capacity will be allowed at IG Field for fully vaccinated fans. Three weeks from tomorrow, the home opener, Hamilton Tiger Cats coming to town. And we're joined on the line by the president and CEO of the Winnipeg Football Club, Wade Miller. Wade, how big a day is this for you in the in the club? Oh, it's a great day. It's uh, great for our fans and look forward to having everybody back for the home opener on August 5th. So what kind of planning has gone into this to, to make it so that the, the plan has been accepted to get as many butts in the seats as possible? 
Yeah, the first part is everybody's fully vaccinated when they come to the stadium, and uh, that's uh, you know going to be a, a you know something you don't see very often, and and we're going to make sure that everybody uh, you know shows their uh, immunization QR code when they come in, and uh, so once you get in there, I think you're going to feel very safe. That's what our fans are telling us that they like the fact that everyone's going to be fully vaccinated in the stadium when when uh, we are ready for the home opener. So will people, since they're fully vaccinated, are, are masks necessary then? No, when you're outdoors, there, there'll be no requirement for masks. When you're indoors in hallways at suite levels and premium areas, you'll need to have masks on. Okay, uh, you'll see know. enhanced cleaning, uh, you know, going on uh, throughout the event. Um, you'll see, you know, we'll have uh, it's be a cashless venue inside, uh, mobile ticketing. Uh, so we're doing everything we can. We removed... Uh, some of the concession carts around the uh, concourse, main concourse, to just free up some more space. So um, looking forward to having every, everyone back. In terms of the logistics of getting people through the gate, will it take maybe just a little bit longer than it would have in the past to get everyone in? Yes, for sure. Well, we're going to ask everyone to come earlier. We're going to open the gates 90 minutes earlier um, from kickoff and, and have uh, the tailgate party now inside the stadium rather than outside at gate two. Uh, we'll have uh, drink and and uh, different specials um, to get you to come early and, and stay longer. And, you know, we really want everyone to have a great time and be in there for the kickoff. So going to need all the fans' help to uh, come a little early this year. So, And if it's loud, I'm out at the flag football fields right now. Okay. So there's a 14- and 15-year-old uh, flag football going on right now. So I was going to say, this sounds like a, a fun time happening wherever you are. So yeah. uh, what's have you thought? I'm sure you have just even daydreamed about what that moment's going to be like when the Bombers take the field in front of thousands of fans. Yeah, well, first there was a 30-yard catch in front of me right here, so it was a great catch. Uh, but, no, it's going to be awesome for our fans, be awesome for our players, uh, and everyone to experience that. And whether you're at the game or at home, uh, you know, this is uh, Manitoba's coming out party. In terms of selling tickets, then single season or single game tickets are, are going to go on sale soon. Yeah, so um, starting on Friday, uh, season ticket members will have the ability for a, a pre-sale of single game tickets starting at 10 a.m. on Friday, and then uh, the rest of our fans uh, can buy single game tickets starting on Monday at 10 a.m. And that's not just for the Hamilton game; that's for every home game. No, that's for everything. Yep, for sure. Perfect. So. I, I guess there's no cap on, on how many tickets you're looking to sell then. Uh, no, we'd like uh, to get a full stadium and, you know, we want uh, fans to feel safe and we're working hard to do that. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great experience and, uh, you know, appreciate everybody's uh, patience as we uh, work through this the first few games. And, uh, and our staff are working hard, been preparing for a lot of different scenarios. And this is a great one to finish with and to be, uh, ready to go for august 5th now I, i've seen some questions online one of them is uh kids that are under the age of being able to be vaccinated they're they're fine as long as they're with a double vax parent right right as they come with their fully vaccinated parent and they'll be able to come to the games absolutely okay and in terms of buying the tickets is there proof do you need to provide proof of vaccination when you buy the ticket like if you're on Ticketmaster, no. or or it's going to be no, if you try to do that, you're going to get to the gate and you're going to be you're going to be kicked out. Yeah, exactly. You're going to need to be able to have your Manitoba immunization card be able to be scanned and show your ID as well. So, uh, so it is going to take a little longer at the gates, 
Uh, we're being, you know, we're preparing for it, but uh, we need everyone to just come a little earlier this year. Um, <clears throat> get back into your seats and 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 talk to the, you know, the bomber family that you have around you in the seats and and just enjoy the pregame warm-ups and make sure you're in the stadium early. Uh, you're also a part of the the Valor FC crew. How have things gone with the yeah. uh, CPL kickoff event here? Well, <laughs> Valor's off to a great start, right? So it's uh, just fantastic. Uh, on the field, we've been welcomed fans back. Uh, we got a game tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Um, it's, it's been a great start to the season. Uh, look forward to uh, a couple more games at home here. And we're on the road to start uh, when the bubble's over. And then we'll be back in front of our fans and uh, get all of our season ticket members back. And uh, looking forward to it for sure. And it's great uh, to you know see practice today on the football field and with the guys with their pads on. And uh, you know it's football time. Uh, just one more note on on Valor FC. The fact that you've been getting some fans in before the CFL season has it been nice to get a test run of just how the process will be getting tickets uh, scanned and the. Uh, vaccination passes as well yes absolutely it's uh taught us a few things and uh we've adjusted a little bit each game and and learned from that and uh, we'll continue the next two games and uh you know we think we got a good system uh, ready to go but uh you know this will be the first time uh we're operating in a pandemic so uh, bear with us as we uh get our feet under us and now that you know that you're going to have 100 percent capacity are you going to celebrate the great cup titles in the home opener Stay tuned. Okay. We'll 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 uh, we'll give a further announcement next week on that. I figured. Thought I, I journalistic duty to ask though. So yeah, and uh, you you knew the answer you'd get too, yeah. right? So oh yeah, no, yeah. I, that's fine. That's fine. All right, wait. We'll uh, we'll let we'll let you get back to that uh, flag football game. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Have a great night. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more. Every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.